This is Roof English Radio with Darenata, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. This is Roof English Radio. Hello, I'm Darren Adam. Thank you very much for your company today. It is Thursday. We will bring you an episode of Oiskelith in just a few minutes' time. That is the news in a simple form of Icelandic, of course, and it will be related to what's been happening across the Reykjanes Peninsula. And I guess not happening as well. Um, and, and that's really what we want to get to today. My guest is Thorvaldur Thorvaldsson, um, who is a professor of volcanology and petrology at the University of Iceland. And no stranger to the to the airwaves, I think it's fair to say, at times like this, Thorvaldur. Thank you very much for your time. Okay, so we sit here we're having our conversation. It's 2.35 in the afternoon on Thursday afternoon. Yeah. We're six days into this. Obviously, there has been no eruption yet. Are you surprised by that, firstly? Not really, because the you know, since it didn't erupt on Friday, I mean, the event that you know un- unfolded on, on Friday afternoon and with such a speed that I was really expecting an eruption to actually happen at that mm. time. But it didn't quite make it up to the surface. It came close to the, you know, actually coming up all the way probably uh, less than 500 meters off the surface, but it didn't get up all the way. So there's something that is delaying it or, or hampering it, the, the, uh, the rise of the magma all the way. So yeah. something is holding, holding it back, if, if, if we can put it that way. Mm. And uh, since then, you know, the, what has happened is, what, what happened in this event, let's start with that, is that this, we had, Three weeks prior to these events on Friday, mm-hmm. there was a intrusion or what you call a sill, which was being formed at four to five kilometers depth, and magma was being continually pumped into it. This is what's sometimes called the tunnel, which isn't the accurate translation, but it's sometimes no. called that in English, isn't it? No, it's not. The, no, it's not the tunnel. It's not a tunnel, and 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 definitely not. What people call the tunnel is actually what ha- happened on on Friday. And it, let's just correct that. It's a fracture that happened. That we had a fracture that propagated south to the south southwest, and also a bit upwards. And there was an extension associated with it. And magma followed into it. So that's you know, and, and that's what it's a pathway. Is is, is a yes. much better word for it. if if you think of, you know, something for the magma to go through. It, it's a pathway for the magma. Right. But this this sill intrusion, which has been ongoing, you know, uh, for three weeks, its its formation, and that has been lifting the ground right above or surface above it mm-hmm. by sort of between six and eight millimeters per, per day, and it's been doing this for for three weeks. In the events on 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 Friday, it subsided back and and subsided by forty centimeters, mm. so. Some of that subsidence has probably drained the magma back out of it, and it went into that magma pathway that right. that is is underneath Grindavik, uh, uh, and uh, but some of it is just tectonic, so it, you know it, it just dropped down. It just fell. Yeah, it just yeah. fell. Yeah. And now, since fr- Friday, what has happened is that the, the magma is flowing it back in to the sill, and probably also into this magma pathway or or what we call a dike. Which is underneath Grindavik, mm. but significantly faster than it was doing before last Friday. So now the, the, this area where the sill is is actually uh, rising uh, 14 to 15 millimeters per day. Okay. So it's actually more than doubled in in terms of uplift. So 
possibly the inflows into the sill has doubled, and there's also some flow into the into the dike or the magma pathway under, underneath Grindavik, mm. and that is causing some uh, subdued seismicity at the moment uh, at the depth of about four to five kilometers. Primarily. Earthquakes under the ground. Yeah, yeah. Earth, earthquakes. And, uh, and, and that sort of uh, keeps going. It, it might be increasing slightly. It's hard to say, it, it, but it, it's at least maintaining pace. The uh, extension that started on Friday is still ongoing, even though it's much slower. It's now it's about four centimeters per day or so. Mm. And and uh, they also have, you know, the fractures are sliding, you know, parallel to in the opposite direction, in the horizontal opposite direction. So. There's a lot of movement still on in yes. the whole system, and, and if we keep this going, then we will build up the pressure again in 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 this subsurface storage, both in the sill and 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 also in the dike, and it will exceed the strength of the overlying rocks, mm. and we may have a repeat of the Friday events, or we may have an eruption. We may have an eruption now. Excuse my ignorance on this thing. A lot of people are, you know, confused by what has happened and what has not happened. How much room is left then for the magma, which is emerging into the, the area underground? Does that does that fill up and then we get an eruption, or or is it hard to tell? It, it whether it all fills up, we don't know. It depends on how interconnected all the all these yes, cracks yes. are and, and and the space are, but. If the magma, you know, if, if it starts to fill up the space that it has access to, then it will start to pressurize things. And when, when that internal pressure in the magma is greater than the mm. strength of the rocks around it or the envelope around it, if you like, then that will fail. It could be the wall, it could be the roof. Yes. If it's a roof, it goes straight up. If it's the wall, it will go laterally. It could also go diagonally. And and that could be enough, you know, if you that build up of pressure could be enough for it actually to have enough oomph to actually erupt and mm. and produce a, a lava forming eruption and then depends on where it actually where it comes up. Where it comes up, what what impact is is, is, is gonna be well, greatest from it. That's one of the really big questions is where this comes up if it does. But at the moment, before we get to where it might happen, do you think as we sit here that the chances are going up or going down? Is it hard to tell? Taking all the information that you have, what's your sense of whether there's going to be an eruption? I would say it's 50-50 at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it could. this could just taper out. Uh, Mother Earth is a, is a, is a fiddly thing. It can, you know, it can, she does what she, you know, she desires at any one point. She doesn't yeah. ask for permission anyway. Uh, but... It could this if, if this movement keeps on going. If we keep getting magma flowing in, which will then maintain the you know the extension and uh, and, and 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 growth of the fractures and all that, then we will go. Uh, this will end in an eruption. That, that I'm sure of that. But if the uh, inflow of magma starts to drop down and and things start to slow down, then we may actually. Uh, uh, get into a situation where this actually just... It, it doesn't happen. Yeah, taper and out. But this is the fifth time in this area that, yeah. that uh, sim, uh, even like this has happened. In the past, even haven't been as intense. They, they've been much smaller and, and with less seismic activity, but they did happen. And, and only... So five events like this 
in, in four years. Mm. And uh, I don't think this is necessarily the last no. event. So even if this one tapers out, we may have a repeat in a year's time or two years' time. Is this one solidifying at the edges? I'd read that the magma, there was some sign of the magma solidifying, not at the core, not where all the activity is taking place, but at the edges. Any indication of that? And, and if so, what does that mean? Magma in a, in a dive will start, you know, start to solidify. When, you know, anywhere where magma gets into contact with colder yes. surroundings, it will cool and it will get stiff. But it also very quickly forms, uh, uh, like you call them, glassy rinds, but they, the basic, they're this really fast, cold lava or magma. And the minute you have that, you start to insulate the system. And as long as you have through flow there, and, uh, then, then uh, uh, you, know, you will maintain the movement and you'll maintain magma flowing through the mm. dike. Yes, the margins will cool a little bit. But uh, uh, it would take, uh, you know, quite a number of days before it can, uh, you know, you can cool things completely. Yes. Depends also on the thickness of the dike. If the dike is five meters thick, uh, fairly simple calculations. It would take about seven and a half day for a meter of that dike to cool down. To cool. Okay, that gives us an idea of the scale of, of this. Mm. Now, let's get back to where it may emerge if it does. You said the chances are 50-50 this time, but if it does emerge, there's a 15-kilometre essentially long intrusion, isn't there, magma intrusion, and it could come up anywhere on that line. Well, we, we don't... Well, that model tells us that, that the, the intrusion is 15 kilometres long. We know that this, you know, the, the sonar seismic activity, mm. the, the, the earthquake propagated, is 15 kilometres long. So they, you know, they, they, and most likely because in order to generate earthquakes, you have to break mm -hmm. something, you put a broken the crust and you form a fracture. So that fracture is probably 15 kilometers long. Whether magma fills it all mm -hmm. or just part of it, we don't know. One scenario is that it's completely full of magma. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, if, if that is, then there's a lot of magma down there. And uh, that would also suggest that likelihood of an eruption is, is, is fairly high. Is it better if this erupts somewhere, say, as far north as possible in the mountains and doesn't do any damage? Is that better than this not erupting? Does that give more certainty to the people of Grindavik, perhaps? Unfortunately not. Um, if it erupts, it would be better if it's either, you know, on, on a, as far north as, as we possibly can get it, basically. Mm. Uh, but we also have to think about there is a town on the north side, and if you go too far north, and yes. <laughs> the lava flows from such an event might, you know, threaten that town or even reach that town. It depends on, on the size of and Reykjanes the right as well, presumably yes. the main road from yeah. the airport yeah. to the capital. So, you know, but if it's a small event, then you know, f the further to the north it is, the better. But I think the at the moment, and if if we can pick a, a, a site. I think the best site mm. for an eruption right now would be offshore. Under the sea? Yes. Some people have said that that would cause problems with an ash cloud because you have magma being cooled by the seawater. And, and, and it, will produce, it will produce an, an ash cloud and, and it could be an eruption that you know, could last for, for quite some time and, and, and you would have uh, asphalt generated downwind from, from this eruption site and Mm -hmm. And 
most of that, if you think of the wind direction in Iceland, then most of that probably go to the sort of northwest and, and, and not really have any impact on, on big infrastructure except maybe for the power plant in, mm. in Reykjanes. But it would be such a, it would be rather weak explosive eruption with fairly mm. low, you know, eruption column, maybe six to eight kilometers high. It would be a lot of, there would be a lot of steam in it. Uh, and having a lot of steam it would pro uh, promote the premature deposition of the ash so it wouldn't be that much ash carried away okay. to so it wouldn't be 2010 all over again no it no. would not no. definitely not be and and, and uh, it might cause disruption at the Keflavik airport but i don't think it will you know cause no. severe closure of 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 of, of the airspace above Keflavik and definitely not in europe this is a question that people have asked, and of course I, I don't think there's a sensible answer to it, but it's a question that people are reasonably asking. Is there any sort of timescale on this, 50-50 as to whether there's going to be an eruption, but if it's going to happen, do you think it is days away, hours away? Um, if I look at the inflation above the sill, that is in, you know, below Svartsenki, which would, you know, magma has been pumped in at the moment, um, and, and sort of I look at, okay, when would that potentially reach the sort of the same level as the as it did before last Friday? Mm. Then we're looking at the time frame of sort of five to fifteen days. Okay, that's that sort of time frame, and and and, and if yeah, more likely probably sort of five to ten days or something like that, because it it is actually been filled fairly rapidly. Now it's more difficult with the dike or the magma pathway underneath green snapping and if we're, if you're pumping magma into mm. that as well um, it's more challenging to actually try to measure yes the you know what impact that is having and 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 and, and on both the inflation and and where what whether that will lead to an eruption or not that's more difficult to assess but it, sort of educated guess would say you know you based on this i would say sort of within 10 days 10 days if, if it's going to erupt, then it will happen within 10 days or so. And just very quickly, do you think that means that, that once we get to that 10-day period, if there's not been an eruption, does that mean there's a good chance that it's not going to happen? I think then after that, then you, you start to, you know, the likelihood of an eruption kind of uh, diminishes as, yeah. as time goes or passes. The best outcome, whatever that turns out to be, is the one that the people of Grindavik and the rest, the rest of the peninsula get as well, because that Svartsvengi power station, of course, doesn't just provide uh, uh, heat and electricity and water for the town of Grindavik, but for the whole peninsula. It does, and, and it, it actually supports 30,000 inhabitants yeah. of, of, of the region. And, and yes, we can deal with the electricity, but it's much tougher to, to replace the hot water, and it's not just hot water for washing up dishes, it's hot water to heat up the houses because yes. all of those houses are heated up by the geothermal mm. uh, energy and, and all the hot water, basically, and we're in the middle of winter. Yeah. Uh, that would be a, yeah, a tough situation. And if you had to run everything on electricity, that could uh, you know, easily sort of yes. tick up in terms of cost. I mean, this is the terrible price that we pay for the fantastic benefits of having unlimited hot water and, and, and very cheap power, I suppose. It is, and, and, and this is, you know, everyone knows that this could happen because, you know, the power plant is, is right above the geothermal field, which mm. is in an active volcanic area. And that's, that's the same applies to all of the other geothermal power plants in Iceland. 
and we know that's a risk and mm, mm. and uh, the cost benefit is you know if we can operate these things i think it was like 20 or 30 years then they paid for themselves so yeah. you know we could lose it and then just you know wait for a while and then build a new one yeah because at the end of the day this is actually if you if you think of it from terms of cost, it actually is beneficial for, mm. the, for the community. And the work that's ongoing just now, of course, to build these tall walls, these defensive walls around the power station, we hope that is successful, but that's that's happening pretty quickly. It is, and, and there's a lot. Of, I can't remember whether it's like 30 or 40 trucks driving gravel mm. in, into, the, into the area, and they're using material from a, a, a quarry that is in, into pillow lava, and, and lava's you know, solidified lava is a really, really good insulator. Mm -hmm. it, it it does not transfer heat very easily, and uh, you know, bulldozers, and you know, they, they, it's happening. It's twenty four seven. It's a, you know, it's an operation that goes. Yes. With, you know, will it will it work? I know. mean, if you can build a wall around, let's say, the power station and the Blue Lagoon as well, because why not? It's right next to it. I mean, how tall would that wall have to be if well, if it was trying to stop a lava flow? We're starting with three meters, yeah. and, 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 and there's, there's an reason for that. Uh, it's, you know, because when the lava comes up to the wall, it, it is a barrier because the lava, is, when it comes first at the wall, it's thin, and then it starts to cool on the margin. But the, the margin of the lava flow also have a strength, and actually that be, helps sort of with the protection. So the lava becomes a wall itself. Yes. Yes. And then we'll, you know, the plan is to at least in critical areas to build it at least to six meters, and then if need be. Yes. Add one on, on top of it. I mean, I've heard somebody saying up to 30 metres, if necessary, which is it, it enormous. Could, it, it, yeah, it could go it that, could far. that far. But yeah. the good thing in this is that the lava actually helps us. Yeah. You know, if we manage to get it, and we might even get, you know, put some water on it, if you can cool it, as long as the margins are mm. parallel to the flow direction. Yes. Then you can enhance the strength of, of, of that margin and, and, and keep that flowing lava going in the yeah. direction you want it to go. And there's just one final question I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask somebody this, and I don't know whether it is a stupid question, but does cold weather help us? If this happens, if we have a really cold snap with lots of snow and lots of very low temperatures, does that help to solidify the, the lava or not really? Not really. No. It, it might enhance the cooling by tiny fraction. It's not significant. No. No. I mean, rain does have an impact. Snow will also have, you know, they, they, it, but it's very small. Okay. So not much point looking at the weather forecast for the wind next few weeks. Wind is one of the more effective things in this okay. because, you know, the wind shear over over a floor will, will, you know, you bring a cold wind and, and it's probably mo the most effective of, of all of them. Okay. Well, let's hope for that if indeed it is necessary. Thorvalder, thank you very much for your time. Always good to hear you on roof. Thorvalder Thordeson, who is Professor of Volcanology and Petrology at the University of Iceland, which is where I am right now. This is Roof English Radio, and now, as promised, recorded yesterday, it's this week's episode of Oiskilith. We record our conversation for the Oiskilith section of Roof English Radio on a Wednesday afternoon, and as of right now, uh, at Lee Sigleson, we have no eruption. No, not yet. So four days of seismic activity, which has been quite stable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it hasn't increased. It's decreased slightly, but that is not an indication that there won't be an eruption. So what we're going to do is bring you a story from the 9th of November. And this was about the original plans to get these defences built around the Svartsengi power station and also the Blue Lagoon as well, which is, of course, right next to it. 
So this may have moved on by the time you hear the conversation. But again, in terms of the, the language, we'll run through the story uh, from top to bottom and then go back to the start and, uh, and do it once again, trying to pick out new words as you hear the news in a simple form of Icelandic, Oiskulith, with the intention of making the language a little bit easier for anyone that struggles with it for whatever reason. So we start under the photograph here. And by the way, you can follow along, of course, just by following the link to this story in the Oiskilith section of the Roof website. It's, it's on the page that accompanies this episode. We start just under the photograph, which is a computer-generated uh, photograph which suggests and tries to show what this defensive wall around the power station and the Blue Lagoon might look like. So, as ever, starting under that photograph, Atli, take it away. Thank Það er búið að hanna sérstaka varnagarða ef verður eldgos við fjallið Þorbjörn á Reykjaneskaga. Varnagarður er þykkur veggur úr steinum, mold og sandi. Hann er gerður til að verja eitthvað mikilvægt, til dæmis fyrir glóandi hrauni. Verja orkuverið og bláa lónið. Þessir varnagarðar eiga aðalega að verja orkuverið í svartsengi. Þá verja þeir líka bláa lónið. Það er við hliðina á orkuverinu. Orkuverið og bláa lónið eru við hliðina á fjallinu Þorbjörni. Þarf að passa orkuverið. Orkuverið er mjög mikilvægt fyrir fólk á Reykjaneskaga. Þar er framleitt rafmagn fyrir heimili og fyrirtæki. Þaðan kemur líka heitt og kalt vatn fyrir heimili og fyrirtæki. Þessuna má það alls ekki skemmast. Sérfræðingar hönnuðu varnargarðana. Hópur af sérfræðingum hannaði þessa varnargarða. Sérfræðingarnir skoðuðu hvernig landið er á þessu svæði. Þeir reiknuðu út hvar er best að hafa varnargarðana. Þeir reiknuðu líka út hvað þar mart fólk til að búa til varnagarðana. Þeir gerðu lista yfir gröfur og jarðítur á þessu svæði. Það er til að vita hvað þetta tekur langan tíma. Líklegt að eldgós verði nálægt svartsengi. Ef verður eldgós bráðum er líklegast að það verði nálægt svartsengi. Glóandi kvika er að safnast niður í jörðinni þar. Þess vegna miða sérfræðingarni við að búa til varnargarða þar. Okay, so this story, as we say, from the 9th of November, this was previewing the work that is certainly underway to get these defences up and running mm-hmm. across the peninsula, around the power station, around the Blue Lagoon as well. So let's go right back to the start, and we'll go through this line by line, and there are lots of case changes here as well, aren't there? So we'll try to pick those out as we go. Það er búið að hanna sérstaka varnagarða ef verður eldgós við fjallið Þorbjörn á Reykjaneska. Special defensive walls have been designed if uh, the earth erupts by the mountain Thorbjörn on the Reykjanes Peninsula. Varnagarður er þykkur veggur úr steinum, mold og sandi. Defensive wall is a thick wall made from stones, uh, dirt and sand. We don't really have an English a, a direct translation for varnagarður, no. which is defensive wall, yeah, which, because l- it's not needed in, in most other countries no, right. in this way. Of course. Right, yeah. So that's why it's, it's hard to pick out but literally defensive wall is Já, literally okay. defensive wall. Hann er gerður til að verja eitthvað mikilvægt, til dæmis fyrir glóandi hrauni. Defensive walls are made or erected to defend something important, for example, for, uh, from uh, glowing lava. Verja orkuverið og bláa lónið. Defend the energy station and the blue lagoon, or the power station. Já. Þessi varnagarðar eiga aðalega verja orkuverið í svartsengi. Uh, these defensive walls are especially meant to defend the power station in svartsengi. Þá verja þeir líka bláa lónið. Then they'll also defend uh, the blue lagoon. 
Það er við hliðina á orkuverinu. It is next to the power station. Orkuverið og bláalónið eru við hliðina á fjallinu Þorbinni. Uh, both the power station and the blue lagoon are next to the mountain Thorbjörn. And so the mountain name there changed, didn't it? Jú, Thorbjörn. It's a case change, isn't it? Já, and, and well, Björn, uh, the word that changes there, yeah, that's quite a big change from Björn to Birni. Yeah. Yes. It's almost unrecognizable. It is. And yeah. that I think is maybe confusing for you know casual readers of the story. And we see this a lot with Icelandic place names yeah. that they can change. Yeah, they do. So if you uh, if you've got a destination in mind and then you suddenly see it written down in a different case, you think, hang on a minute, I thought I was going to I thought I was going to Hupen. Turns I'm going to Hapnar instead. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that sort yeah. of change. Okay, let's carry on with the next headline because we're including the subheadlines in this story as well. So the next of those headlines is Yeah. Þarf að passa orkuverið. The power station must be protected. Orkuverið er mjög mikilvægt fyrir fólk á Reykjaneskaga. Uh, the power station is very important for people in the Reykjanes peninsula. Þar er framleitt rafmagn fyrir heimili og fyrirtæki. Uh, it uh, produces electricity for homes and uh, companies. Þaðan kemur líka heitt, vatn og, heitt og kalt vatn fyrir heimili og fyrirtæki. And cold water uh, for homes and companies comes from there as well. And we should underline that because this isn't just... When you think of a power station, right. you don't really think of what Svartsengi is. Firstly, mm. it takes hot water from the ground and converts that into electricity. Secondly, mm-hmm. it pours the warm water that's left into the Blue Lagoon that people then swim in. Yeah, yeah. But it's also a power plant that, as you say, provides water as well, doesn't yeah. it? So, so it's so really it's important. important. It's extremely important, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, þess vegna má það alls ekki skemmast. Therefore, it can uh, absolutely not be uh, damaged. Sérfræðingar hönnuðu varnagarðana. Experts designed the defensive walls. Hópur af sérfræðingum hannaði þessa varnagarða. A group of uh, experts designed these uh, defensive walls. Sérfræðingarnir skoðuðu hvernig landi er á þessu svæði. The specialist uh, looked at how the land is in the area. They reknuðu út hvar er best að hafa varnagarðana. Uh, they calculated uh, where the defensive walls uh, should be put down. The best locations já, for them. Já, já. They reknuðu líka út hvað þar mart fólk til að búa til varnagarðana. They also calculated how many people are needed to erect the defensive walls. They gerðu lista yfir gröfur og jarðitur á þessu svæði. They made lists over... Uh, What's a gravad? Excavator, yeah, right. I guess, yeah. a, a ground excavator. Yeah, yeah. over uh, excavators and... Bulldozers? Buldo- right, yeah. yeah, bulldozers in the area. Það er til að vita hvað þetta tekur langan tíma. That's to know how long, uh, how much time it will take. Yeah. Yeah. Líklegt að eldgós verði nálægt svartsengi. Uh, likely that uh, the earth will erupt close to svartsengi. Ef verður eldgós bráðum er líklegast að það verði nálægt svartengi. If the earth uh, erupts soon, it, it's mo- it, it most likely happens near to svartengi. Glóandi kvika er að sapnast niðri í jörðinneðar. Glóing og melted lava is collecting uh, uh, in the ground there. That's magma, of course. Ah, right, Before magma. It comes, yeah, it's it's lava yeah. once it emerges, but it's yeah. magma yeah. under the ground. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, þess vegna miða sérfræðingarni við að búa til varnargara þar. Uh, that's why the experts are, are planning to erect the 
the defensive walls uh, at that place. And as we sit here, as we say on Wednesday afternoon, that work is underway. What we don't know, of course, is that when you hear this conversation on Thursday, whether or not there will have been an eruption. And in many ways, I, I imagine the best option is if it happens as far north as possible mm-hmm. and it's small right. and it's limited. I mean, in a way, that would that would be better than it not happening at all because then the people of Grindavik would know yeah. that the pressure's off them, literally. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the, the biggest concern for people, yeah. the, the uncertainty right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Well, as I say, we, we may have certainty by the time these words reach your ears. But uh, either way, we hope that's been useful from a, a language point of view. Our episode of Oiskulith today from Ruve English Radio. At least six and thanks very much. Thank we'll you. doubtless talk again next week. It is Ruve English Radio. I'm Darren Adam, and you can contact us anytime. English at ruv.is. There is more from Ruve English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English. Ruve English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Ruve.